Like so. I'm messing around with it. Probably this far away is good. Speak nice and loud, but don't be yelling. Bathroom's down that way, through that doorway, to the left. If you have coffee, if you have any of that nice coffee that's up front, please make sure you have it out there. Leave it on that stand over there. Don't bring it in here. And please, please silence those cell phones so that we have a smooth, smooth church. And that's everything. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> uh, Alessia, you baked those cookies? Yes. Very good. Yeah. Those are, that's like, I guess, my recipe. Yeah. It's good with coffee, too. Mm-hmm. Get in. Yeah, sure that. Amazing. What does your shirt say on the back? It says, uh, when it all fell through, God came through. It's a nice comfy shirt. Yeah. I just couldn't, I couldn't, uh, couldn't bring myself to pick out one of my college shirts today. I was like, I'm just putting on this. Got to be an easy Sunday today. That's right. That's right. How you doing, man? Good. One minute. Yeah. Do y'all know that it's Hate's real birthday uh-huh. today? Actually, his own birthday. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I the say that today. Bad luck every other day. Make that up. His, uh, what did you say about What did you say? I said, you got 364 other days you can tell, hey, happy birthday. And that's a whole year. What was it like having a birthday for a year? <laughs> <laughs> you get older faster. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Raymond. Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by going to the YouTube channel and I have a chat thing there. All right. And I can respond to your questions, comments. Um, good morning, y'all. Again. Good morning. So um, did, did anyone see the movie yet? Everybody seen the movie Revolver? Because I hate to keep talking about it and you haven't seen it. But if you don't see it, I have to talk about it. Who have not seen it yet? Oh, okay. And so even if I do talk about it, because uh, I want to make a point using that movie. Uh, you saw it, Nick? Not yet? You seen it? Not yet. Better. <laughs> did, did you see it? Uh, uh, and what did you think of What did you get from it, if anything? <laughs> He's there smiling. Um, I don't know. I guess the whole movie, you did, it didn't really make sense until the end. But I think the little parts that I really liked was it would show the cutscenes of when the guy was in his thoughts. He would be taking a shower or whatever, and you just see him just beating himself up. So it's relatable to, to see um, other people go through that. Right. But I think it was um, at the end to see he when he did absolutely nothing. He just let the thoughts torture 
uh, you know, explode in the elevator, and right. then he just walked away, a free man. Like, that's when he, you can tell he was really free. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. Did you see it? I did. And what did you get from it? I, I think I, it's, I, I feel like it didn't make any sense up until the end when I, see, when I saw him in the elevator. That's when I was just like, oh, my God, I, it's so relatable. Like, I feel like sometimes I can sit in my own hell, and I'm just, like, losing literally myself. Like, I don't know. There's no real way to s- explain it. You just, you're si- literally sitting in your own hell, and, and it, it's just, it's super relatable. Right. Yeah. So did you see it once or twice? I saw it once. Oh, okay. I saw it once. I think you should watch it twice. Okay. And you can see the, even the depth of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see it? Did you see it? Who else saw it? Oh, what did you get from it? If anything. Um, I think, uh, I just, the main thing I take from it, obviously, I've watched it a few times over the years, and I had... Oh, you had seen it before? Yeah, and before someone told you about it, I had heard, uh, I had heard uh, someone else talking about the film in a similar concept, just not, like that, not focused in on um, just clearly like aligning it with kind of the message we hear here at church. But I definitely think without getting really complicated or about the plot, it's, like, it's interesting that the guy's confusion, his problems, everything, they... They're, they all stem from him not being present, right? He kept thinking about what he might do and what might happen if he did this one thing, you know, like apologizing to the guy. Oh, it's shot so well. There's all these... Um, did you get anything from it? Yeah, I, I like the, the way they conveyed how, um, how if you're running all these possibilities, like all these scenarios in your head over and over, right, how you, just, you can cripple yourself by just continuing to think this is what's going to happen. This is what should have happened. This is what's going to happen. This is what should have happened over and over. He never could stop and just <sighs> let it, like, let himself be in that moment. I think that's what they try to convey with the elevator. It's a very good uh, visual of, like, you have to, we've all been in an elevator. You just have to sit and wait. You know, okay. really, there's nothing to do. You just got to sit and wait. And um, I think that they use that as a good vehicle for explaining how he, he ha- can't, let go of like the past or the future. He's he he won't sit in that one moment. That's why they use solitary confinement too to draw those alignments. But I personally just, I guess what I got from it most is obviously what we all talk about when you watch it and you have like your eyes open and you can see it's it's just really indicating to you like you gotta you gotta let go of the things in your head. You gotta stop assuming what will happen or assuming like that any of it's real, the past or the future, and just stay present. If you can stay present, all that other mess doesn't really, it's not going to affect you. Okay. If it's affecting well, everyone you else, it's it. fine. Would you, did you see it? Oh, okay. She, she <laughs> um, what I took from it was, uh, I really liked the, like, the scene with Ray Liotta when he was saying, fear me, fear me. Oh, yeah. It just, like, it just showed me that how much people try to control your emotions. Um, and try to like take advantage, and you have to like be aware of that, and just be yourself and be who you are. Yeah. And then you're able to see the real from the fake when it comes to um, different people. Oh, so, okay. Nice. Who else saw it? Anybody else over here? Right here. What did you get from it? Um, I only really got entertainment from it. I wasn't able to pick up on the whole thoughts. 
Oh, okay. The, other than hearing people say it. So I want to go back a second time and watch it. Right. And see if I can so get that from So you just got the, entertainment from it. Yeah, from okay. the film itself, the film wasn't able to tell me this is thoughts and this is not thoughts. I just, it all was done in a way that it just was a film. Um, oh, okay. So I want to see it a second time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Did you, anybody else see it? No? Duh. Did you see it? <laughs> Yeah, I saw it twice. What did you get from it? If you got anything. I got, um, I thought it was interesting how much more I picked up in the second, the second time I saw it. Yeah. But I got, I got the fact that um, he was deep, deep in his thoughts. And I didn't catch on until like halfway through the movie. The first time I watched it, I didn't catch on until about halfway through the movie. Because then... The, I think around halfway in the movie, it kind of starts explaining it a little better. And um, I got uh, how he was in his thoughts and how he was totally, his thoughts were totally him to in his mind, right? And to all of us too. And they kept saying certain things like that. The biggest trick is right here. Where does the, where does the enemy hide within, right? And they kept giving you little hints like that, but and you kind of get it, but you, but I didn't get it at first. Um, so I thought it was quite interesting how they how they were able to show this in a movie because you, I mean, it seems like it'd be very difficult to show it, but they did it pretty well. Um, he was totally in his head. He he believed everything from his head and after a while once he started realizing that he was separate from his thoughts and he started doing things uh, uh he's i just thought it was interesting i haven't seen it in a couple of weeks so i don't <laughs> did it help you in any way it helped me to and i'm not going to say to what degree but it helped me <laughs> to kind of believe that i am not my thoughts even though there are times when I noticed a situation could happen and I'm consumed in my thoughts. And then I kind of come out of it a little bit, but it, it's very, it's pretty interesting how deep, deeply involved with your ego and your thoughts I am. I said that kind of weird, but... <laughs> you know, it's, it's like... It's very consuming, that's for sure. Yes, sir. Did you see it? I did. I must have seen it about uh, ten times, and then I recorded You saw it about ten times? Yeah. Over. And then I, what I would do is go to a section and then replay it because I can't see or I can't hear, and then I can re-hear it again, then I can understand it. Cause he saw it ten times. Yeah, at least. That's amazing. So the, my favorite scene is the very last scene uh, where for some reason he goes into the elevator and then he he freaks out, but he he goes through it and then he he goes to uh, the character Ray Loida, Lolita uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> what was his uh, name? Leota. Leota. Not Leota. Toyota. So they went to go see him. He went to see him and he actually got on his feet, on his knees, and and he repented and he was going through torment in his mind and uh the thing that it 
changed how it changed my life and what I got out of it is when he did that and he was he left after he apologized he uh, he the guy chased him down and put a gun in his face and 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 uh, no longer this man had no fear and he didn't he didn't have any he was free and so it caused me to think, you know, I need to go to my enemies or the people that I've held grudges against. And so I literally, I've got to, I got to go to my neighbor. Running from the neighbor. I got to find my neighbor and repent, get on my knees, so Every that I can you be see free. Your neighbor coming, you go back in the house. <laughs> because this, because I realized that over over time, the secret that I had about this neighbor that I that I didn't like was holding me back everywhere. Uh, it would yeah. cause me not to deal with situations with people or I would have fear like the guy in the in the movie. I said, you know, you've got to be complete and 100 percent, even in the secret parts. Uh, it affects you. Amazing. Nice. How many of you doubt that your enemy is within? How many know that your enemy is within you? Oh, good. You know it for sure. And how do you know it for sure? Holly, did you see it? Oh, I'll come to you in a minute. How do you know it? The, the, the guy, yeah. Here? Oh. You know I, that I, your enemy is within, right? I, I feel like sometimes my own thoughts are my, my you know, my enemy and, so, and uh, the way I overthink things. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's definitely different circumstances and examples. But, right. But, yeah, I... Nice. I know for sure. You, you're not for sure? I, no, I know for sure. You know for sure your enemy yes. yeah, It's hard to overcome it because I do it over and over. Yeah. But, but I, I know. I try Amazing. to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is your first time here? Yes. What's your name? Victor. Victor, welcome, man. Thank How did you. you hear about us? Um, here with uh, Katie. Oh, um, hey, uh, grandmother. Yes. yes. Nice. Yes, okay. She brought us in. <laughs> Good. Yes. How you doing, buddy? This your yeah, first this time, is, too? Yeah, this is. What's your name? Jason. <laughs> you shy? He listens to you on the radio, so he's not going to talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Um, so I'm not getting paid to. Oh, let me ask. So you saw it, right? And did it help you in any way? I didn't get it. You didn't get it? Like, no. Oh, okay. So you get one iota of a thing from it? Well, just the whole, like, thinking and ego ran the whole show. Beyond that, no. Okay. I understand it. Yes. Uh, The scene in the movie when they're hitting golf balls off the roof, that's basically like the cheat sheet to the movie. Like, if you want to understand it, he's literally explaining... You know, you, you think your thoughts is, are you, but it's not really you. Yeah. He's like literally, it's, um, what's his character name? Andre 3000. He's explaining the whole process. Like, yeah. that's not who you are. And yeah. if you just watch that scene, you get the entire movie. You will. That's a good point. Um, that movie is the whole wide world. And every human being that's in it. Really, it explains everything. And I understand why you didn't, some of you didn't get it. The first time around, it made sense because they say it without saying it. And so you really have to be paying attention. You have to be seeking 
and pay attention, right? Um, I want to mention it because it was just it was just so full of stuff. But it's everybody on earth. So today, put the I want you to hear the message. Separate the message from the person. Uh, what else I want to tell you about it? Blah blah blah. But but there are many things when he first comes out of prison. He's talking, but if you're not paying attention, you would think that he's narrating a movie. Like somebody just telling you what has already happened, going to happen. But he's really in his head when he walks out the door of the prison. Did y'all know that? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about being in prison, what are you going to do, and blah, blah, blah. And then um, there is this scene in there where there's so much. Let me see. Blah, blah, blah. I had all I wanted to tell you about it. There is this scene about forgiveness. It reminded me of when I went through the forgiveness process. Is that uh, I remember when I had asked God to let me see what was wrong like 33 years ago. Because I had gone to church. I had prayed. I read the Bible. I gave tithes and offering, but I still had the fear. And I was still you know, afraid and in my head, but I didn't know I was in my head. Did you know you could be in your head and not know you're in your head because you think your thoughts are your own? So you don't realize you're living behind a wall in your head. And so long story short, I asked God to let me see. And I'm always telling you this so that it's just the way you got to do it if you want to overcome this thing. And so I uh, asked God to let me see. How come I'm still weak? Why am I afraid? Why? This is like 33 years ago. And so one day he allowed me to see that I had this anger and that that anger was holding me back in life. It was just clear. And I needed to forgive. So I went and I forgave. But with me, because he allowed me to see it right away, I forgave. He took away the anger and replaced it with forgiveness. Right. And so I knew I had to go and face my mother, though, because it showed me that I resented my mother. So I went, and on my way, and this movie reminded me of this so much. On my way over there to forgive her, to her house where she was visiting, I remember fear overtaking me. And, uh, and it was telling me, oh, this is the wrong time. What's going to happen? How is she going to deal with this? Blah, blah, blah. But I knew I had to go and do it anyway. I could not turn around. And so I went there, and I was walking up the stairs, only two or three little steps, but it felt like, a, like I was climbing a mountain because the fear was gripping me. And so I, I go into the house, and I say to her, hey, I want to talk to you because they all laugh. You know how black women laugh and talk when they get together. How y'all doing? You know, they're all loud, having fun, sisters together. They were all sisters and so I said, and the devil like, see, you can't tell her this now because you're going to spoil her vacation. He was talking to me, but I didn't know at the time that that was the devil talking to me. But I knew that I could not turn back because, and the reason I couldn't turn back because God had changed my heart. And it's like this light or something that I wasn't aware of at the time was forcing me to keep going in spite of the fear I felt. And so I called her into the room, and I just said to her, you know, all my life I've been resenting you because you finally, you tried to turn me away from my father, and I wanted my father, right? 
And when I said that to her, for the first time she told me about her life, and exactly what she had done to me was done to her, she said. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that about her, but I realized she couldn't help herself when I saw. But I left there free. But I still didn't understand the depths of the thoughts, the imagination, because I thought I was my thoughts. I thought it was me thinking those things. And even though thoughts are horrible, because they build you up, let you down, make you feel afraid, lonely, and all that crap, right? And then I, uh, so I forgave her, and I walked away free. And so in the end of this movie, near the end, they went back to the hotel. Uh, not the hotel, gambling casino, whatever it was. It's a hotel. Gambling casino, and they have hotel rooms. And uh, so they put this... Um, the two men that were in prison with Oliango, <laughs> what's his name? Ray Lioga. So Ray Lioga is the main, char- uh, main character. Jason Statham. What the? What's the name of the guy that came out of prison? Jason Statham. Okay, Jason was the main character that was in prison with two guys, and they, they were all in solitary for years. Because if you go to solitary, you get out sooner, right? And so they, he was between these two guys. One was a, a hustler, and one was a chess player, right? And so they were passing notes to each other, and because he was in the middle, he learned a lot of stuff from them, a lot of stuff. And so, and so in this movie, they put him through hell when he got out of prison. They put a lot on him, uh, and the movie is about, it's all about ego, but it's about violence, it's about sex. Don't let your kids watch it. I forgot to say that. God, it is about sex, too. It's about greed, it's about power, and it's totally about fear. It's totally about fear and limiting your head. And so they put this guy through all this stuff. This, when I say they, I mean it the two men that was in prison with him, but he didn't know that they were in prison with him because he never saw them, right? <clears throat> and so throughout the movie, they're telling him to wake up. With every little incident, they kind of say, wake up, wake up, because they, they knew he was asleep, like most people. 99% of the people are in the world today. But what happened was, after he went through all this hell, at the right near the end of the movie, they all met, the three of them met up at a hotel at the gambling casino, and they told him, you have one more thing to do here. You got one more thing to do. And so I didn't realize until the second time I watched the movie, the one thing he had to do was go up to this man's room and forgive him. He's, you know, but I thought he was going to go up and kill him or something, right? But he had to go up and forgive him. Remember that scene? Yeah, and so he went up into, who was the name of the guy in the room that he went up to to forgive him? That's Ray Eola. That's Ray Eola. He's dead now. And, and, and Eola, Ray Eola, he had, what? He had fear. He was so afraid, and the way he protected himself, it was to kill anybody that got in his way, no matter what. You, anybody that messed with his ego, he would just kill them all, right? And so the man that got out of prison, 
I guess he must have ripped him off for a lot of money. He got a lot of money back from him because of what he did to them. And so they told him, you got one more thing to do. And so he goes up to this guy's room to forgive him. And uh, he gets in the guy's room and the guy's in bed sleeping. And so this guy stood at the foot of his bed and the devil was talking to him. Oh, you need to kill him. And I'm using some, some word he said something or not. You need to kill him. Look at him. He just laying there. He did you wrong. You need to kill him. Blah, 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 right? And it was so hard for him to forgive. But anyway, he woke the guy up and he tried to say to him, I'm sorry for resenting you. I'm sorry for ripping you off. I'm sorry. Forgive me for what I've done. And it was so hard for him to do that because Satan would tell him, no, you better shut up. You better kill him. Kill him. You look weak. It was so hard for the guy to uh, apologize, the main guy to apologize for ripping the guy off. He fell on his knees because the devil was trying to convince him not to forgive. Don't forgive. And every time he would say, I'm sorry, the devil said, look how weak you are. He says, wasn't that amazing scene? Anybody remember that? It was such an amazing scene. Uh, and so you need to forgive. And, and, and the guy was like, I'm so sorry for ripping you off. I'm sorry for the way I treated you. I'm sorry for this or that. And it was painful to forgive because the devil got busy in the head. And then the, the, the rebel, the older guy was laying on the bed and he didn't know what was that. He was like, what, what the? You trying to forgive me? What? And so finally, he mustered up enough courage and forgave. He said, I'm sorry for resenting you. I'm sorry for ripping you off. I'm sorry for what I've done, right? And so he forgave the guy. And when he forgave him, he left the room. But the guy that he was forgiven had fear and anger and stuff. So it was hard for him to accept it. He didn't understand forgiveness. And he wanted this guy to fear him. And so he ran out of there to the elevator and said, fear me, fear me. And the guy didn't fear me anymore because he had no fear. Did you see it? Oh, you saw that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was your impression of that? It's amazing how fearless he was. Yeah. You know, he gunned to the head, and he just wasn't scared of him. And, and it reminded me of when you go to forgive your mothers, and, and the devil gave you all kind of reasons not to forgive. You remember that? Anybody ever went and forgave? No? And, and did the devil tell you, did the devil tell you this is not the right time? You're going to hurt her feelings. You go, she's going to cry. You don't know how she's going to react. Wait until another time. It's the same thing. The devil tried to talk you out of going and forgiving because once you see you have resentment, once you truly, truly see it, and you go and forgive, you're going to become free. You will become free. But the most important thing is that you have the power of God. You have the light the love of God in you now to help you defeat with this thing up here, the darkness of the imagination. Before you forgive, you don't have help. You don't have any help at all. That's why you can't overcome it. But once you forgive, then God will take over and the light will fight the darkness because of ourselves, we can do nothing and of ourselves, we know nothing. And so um, 
once this guy forgave, because prior to that, he was afraid to get on the elevator. He was afraid of small spaces, I guess. So the devil would talk him out of getting on the elevator because he was like, oh, what's going to happen on the elevator? Blah, blah, blah. So over the years, he was afraid to get on. But once he forgave, he went right to the elevator and got on it and closed the door. And the devil was still talking to him about the elevator. But once you get the light in you, you can't turn around. You really, just like the darkness forces you to do what you don't want to do, the light will force you to do what you need to do too. And so he couldn't turn around because now he had the light of God in him, the love that comes when you truly forgive. And so he uh, got on the elevator and he went down to the 14th floor and the 12th floor. He stopped the elevator between the two. And he decided he was ready to face the devil, to face this voice in his head. And so he stood there and just closed his eyes and just let it happen. He was just, and the devil was going nuts. He was hitting the walls of the head, but it looked like he was in the walls of the elevator, right? But it was really happening inside the head because this man now had the power to face the thoughts, to face the devil that he never knew before was the devil in the thought. He thought his thought was his own. So he closed his eyes and just faced the devil. And the devil had a fit. I'm, I'm you. You and I are the same. I've been with you forever. We can't separate. We're the same. I am you. What are you going to do without me? I mean, just having a fit. But he, he stood there and endured it anyway. Because now he has the power to do it with, right? And when he walked off the elevator, he was a free man. And that's what you're going to have to do. You must forgive so that you can have the power to face the devil. Because it's not easy. You can't face thoughts on your own. Have you noticed that? It, like, it feels like death. And that's what it is. You are not your thoughts. All thoughts are all lies all the time about anything. And when he faced it, he walked off the elevator. And he was talking to the two guys in the prison. And they explained to him that the whole world, paraphrasing, are living in their imagination and don't know it. They have identified with the thoughts as them. They think that they're their thoughts and they're not. You really are not your thoughts. And you're not going to know it until you forgive and have the power to face it. Face the devil. Because the light will defeat the darkness. But you got to stay with it. And I didn't realize until over, as time went by <clears throat> that you really do have to just face it. It hurts all in your body. It feels like you can't walk. But it's not you. All thoughts are from the devil. They're not from you. You can call it the devil. You can call them evil. You can call them Satan. Whatever name you want to give it. But they are not you at all. That's why in thoughts there is no peace. There is none. And so what happened is when you really, really get serious about your life and you really work on you, and no matter what anybody else is doing or saying or how they act, you work on you, you'll get past this. You will, the light will defeat the darkness and you will have peace. Really. And you can't have, don't have any idea what peace is because it's nothing like what you can imagine. 
The thoughts cannot imagine the things of the truth. And everything that you've learned, every idea you had, you're gonna, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be wiped out. Because we've been trained from children. The moment we pop out of mama's womb, they start training us. This is right, this is wrong, this is that, this is that. This is uh, up and this is down. And your whole life you start to believe it, not knowing you're being brainwashed. And now you live it by the intellect and not by uh, wisdom, not by the light of God. When you learn the Bible, you just know the Bible, but you don't know the truth. Intellectually, you can quote the Bible, but your heart is far from it. You still have fear. You still have doubt. You still worry. You're still lonely. You still look for some group to join. You, you, it's hard for you to stand alone. But if you stay with it and work on you, it'll happen. But you got to stay with it. You got to stay with the quiet prayer and watch the thoughts. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. And of ourselves, we know nothing. And I'm telling you, you can live a life without thoughts. There are practical thoughts, of course. You know, you want to cook a dinner, you want to whatever, right? But you don't live by those thoughts. It's the imagination. When God said bring every thought into captivity, all imagination, he meant that. If you don't bring them all into captivity, you will never be free because you'll be, you'll, you'll live in the world of your imagination and you'll be controlled by the world outside of you, inside of others. But you can literally be free right here, right now. If, if you were able to let every thought go right now, you could be free right now. But because you're so identified with it, it's, it's hard for some people, a lot of people to do that. Yes, sir. It's just, <clears throat> it makes so much sense when you're saying it. You can actually see in yourself, at least me, me personally, you can see it in yourself now how you do live in your imagination. And you yeah. kind of always have been for so long. And it's almost a little scary to think about that, that now you see it. <laughs> in that light and it, it just makes so much sense and it brings everything into light like i know what you mean um all thoughts are all lies all the time because it's just what you're t- it's your ego telling yourself um what you're so used to <clears throat> telling yourself yeah all the time it, it's crazy huh it's crazy it, it, it's like mind-blowing to know you can waste a lifetime living in your imagination you could be praying to God and think, but you're really praying to the devil, thinking that you're praying to God. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Help my mama, help my daddy. Give me a car. I want a, a wife or whatever it is that you want. You're praying to the devil. <laughs> Ain't that something? Thinking that you're praying to God. Yes. Because he already knows what you want, whether you say the words out loud or not, or what you need, I should say. He, he already knows. And so all of your prayers are in vain because you're praying to your own ego, which is not your own, but of the devil. Just think about how many times you prayed. No, what did they work? <laughs> Have you noticed your prayer never work? Now you can ask, ask you pray, oh, I want a car, right? Eventually, oh, I want some ham hocks. Anybody ever had ham hock? <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get the ham hocks, 
But it'll be on your level. It'll be on the, the lower level of life, not the higher level. And then you, you regret it later because you overeat, and then you regret overeating. I'm telling you, God, it's, there are no words to express that you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You're living in an identity that you, that's not your own, but you have identified with it as your own. You really have. And you've been fellowshipping with the devil, thinking that you are fellowshipping with God, and you're not. As you said, God already knows. We don't have to ask for anything. Matter of fact, he said, we know not what to ask for. We don't know what we want. And so, so that was just one major part. And I wanted to bring that up because if you really pay attention to yourself, and when you heard, oh, you need to go and forgive mama and forgive daddy, I don't know if you can remember, but Satan tried to talk you out of forgiveness. I've had so many people tell me this around the world. Well, I wanted to go and forgive, but it's just not the right time. <laughs> I wanted to forgive, but I just don't know why. I wanted to forgive, but I want to wait and see her in person or him, my father, in person, rather than doing it by Skype or FaceTime. That's the devil talking to you, but it sounds like it's you, and it sounds like it makes sense, but it doesn't. Isn't that amazing? It was the same thing. It's the same thing. And I'm not getting paid to promote it, but the movie is, the, I wish I had made it. It's the best movie I've ever seen in my whole life. Some people compare it to The Matrix, but I don't think so. Well, I haven't seen The Matrix. Well, I saw it, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Anybody seen The Matrix? Does it relate to that? It's the same kind of thing? No. Yeah, I see. But when you watch it, you need to watch it more than once and pay attention to yourself. Even in this meeting when we are talking, don't get caught up with what I'm saying. Don't be in, a, in your head. Just stay present, and you'll get the message here too. But you got to stay present rather than try to figure it out. You can't figure out anything. And once you see, truly, truly see that, you can never hate your fellow man again. You would never hate. But once God takes the anger from your heart, it would be impossible to hate anyway. You would never hate again anyway. Once that spirit of anger, because it is a spirit, it's not you. It's not me, it's a spirit, right? When you're ready to overcome that, that spirit will be taken away from you and you can never hate anyway, no matter what happens. Because you will see that people just can't help themselves. They cannot see. They need to wake up. It's not personal. And so how can you hate someone when you see that they can't see? Amazing. So let me tell I saw some hands. I saw here first. Did I see your hand? Okay, then the young lady here, and then here. Okay. Yes. So, um, yeah, the last part, uh, the elevator scene, that was incredible. Um, stopped at the 13th floor, and even though there was no 13th, between 14 and 12. Yeah. And um, the, uh, the, the thing kept mocking him, and it even, uh, it even mocked him to kill himself, and he shot himself in his head, and you see him die, and I thought it was the end of the movie. I know, in the elevator scene, he said, kill yourself. You might as well die. So he had a gun already, like, 
you see him kill himself? Shoot the but gun it, up. It was just all in the imagination. He got up and yelled, hi, you can't kill me. Yeah. You can't kill me, I'm here. And just kept, kept on mocking him. And I'm going, you know, because I've had uh, thoughts similar to that. It's like, wow, just you think that's real. Have anybody here ever commit, uh, not committed, but considered suicide? See? That was that. Everybody. That was that thing in him yeah. that, was, that, you, that you thought of. And so that, that was profound. But what it caused me, you know, everybody, I've, over the years I've heard you say, forgive your mama, forgive your daddy and your, your daddy and your mama. Uh, and so I've heard that for years. But I, I'd never thought about my secret enemies and my, my resentments that I had for people on the street because I'm hiding those things. And yeah. I've hid those and I let, okay, I only hate them when I see them. I don't hate them when I go to bed or when I'm, I'm out. I only hate them when I see them. Yeah. And so. Uh, but one thing about hatred, though, hatred is always with you. you there are times you just don't feel it, the pain of hatred, right? Yeah. But you either have love or you have hatred in your heart. You can't have both. And you're not without one. You either went, that's why we all must be born again, meaning we have to overcome the anger which is hatred. You're either of that or you're of, the, of God. So you're una- I was unaware seeing that. I was unaware. I didn't know that I really did, you know, I, I def- didn't really like that person, but it, in, in me, uh, not really knowing myself, that was, that was resentment. That was a secret resentment yeah. that I hid away, you know, I mean, until I told you guys last Sunday that I, my neighbor thing. He's still and, learning from the neighbor. Yeah. And it's a woman. But, you know, what a beta, huh? I, had, I had it with my boss who has a, a thin temper. And at once when I was able to kind of, you know, he's out of control. He's, he's weak when he's like that. Then my fear left, too. You know, uh, yeah. you, know you, just, you think it's only going to be your neighbor, but it's going to be every, everything in life. You know, whatever secret thing. So your secrets. Every, you'll find yourself yeah. kicking the cat. The cat, you go in the house, the cat in the way, you kick him. Because of that anger. Really. Yes. I just want to say about the forgiveness thing. Like, I didn't know who I, who I had to forgive. And then when I realized who I had to forgive, I was like, oh, wow, finally. So I, like, automatically went to go forgive them. I had actual people telling me not to do it. Yeah. Like, all my siblings, I'm literally going to forgive, going to, like, my mom's house, my stepdad's house. And my mom's like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, what do you guys mean? What am I doing? Like, can I go? Like, they're, like, blocking my way into, like, the hallway. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you people? Like, I mean, I guess it is a little weird. Because, like, my stepdad, I haven't said, like, maybe more than once sentence to him and I've like lived with him since I was five like not now but like growing up and then also I've had like eating issues like just because like being American I'm just like have a fear of being fat because everyone gets fat when they're older and everyone tells you <laughs> when I was little they're like oh you're so pretty but you're gonna get fat when you're older and I'm just like, <laughs> like why would you tell me that so I think that's where that comes from so it wasn't anything serious, but like I would want to eat, and then I would feel guilty, then I would throw up, and I'm like, I don't want to be fat, and I'm just like, oh my god, I shouldn't have ate that cookie. So things like that, right? So that I yeah. really tested it. Right after I forgave, I was like, I'm going to go straight to Chipotle, get me a burrito, and it was the <laughs> best burrito I've ever had in my That's whole entire right. life. <laughs> you make a very good, good point, really. So to add on to that point, here's what I recommend. 
um, and Francisco mentioned the boss. Let's say that you know you want to go to the boss to ask for a raise. And the devil tell you, oh, don't be asking that boss for a raise. He's going to get fired. He's going to yell at you or something, right? And so once you believe it, you feel the fear in here of having to face the boss. You know what I'm talking about? And so what I suggest for you is to let the fear be there. Just be aware of that fear of having to face the boss because the boss is grumpy. He's impatient too, and blah, 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 right? But let that fear be there. Why Satan talk to you? But you face that by going to the boss anyway and asking for the race. You're going to be shaking in your boots, but you face that fear anyway, and you start to see it's not you. It was a lie. Because Satan, Satan will tell you, or the, the mind will tell you, oh, your boss is going to be grumpy. He's not going to like you. He's going to, you know, whatever, right? But you face that fear anyway. Go toward it by going to the boss and asking for the race. That makes sense? But if you let Satan talk you out of it and you don't do what you see you need to do, you're just giving in again to the devil. You're getting deeper into darkness. You got to face it. You got to face it. And you'll see, in reality, the devil's been defeated already. He has no power. He's, he's a, he's a, uh, uh, he is a deceiver. He is a, an accuser. He is the one that is accusing you. He accuses you in your imagination. And that same spirit living other people outside of you, inside of other people. And he's working on them, too, to accuse you. God has never accused you of anything. Never. You have never been guilty of anything. None, none of us have ever been guilty of anything. But it's in that fallen state where the anger tells you that you're guilty. Remember last year when you robbed the bank and you ran over that poor woman, ran out of the bank and knocked her down and she had to go to the hospital like 100 years ago, right? And, and the moment you think about it, you feel guilty about it. And now you're like, oh, I got to find that old woman so I can apologize. And the woman did. <laughs> but you need to watch this stuff. It's so interesting. It's hard, though, if you don't know what you're dealing with. But you need to... Take responsibility for yourself and work on you. And don't give up on you. I don't care what happens. Do not give up on you. That makes sense a little bit? Ain't nobody going to help you like you can help yourself. It's in you to help yourself and be helped. But you got to keep it on you, no matter what. Keep it on you. And all of those thoughts you're getting are not from you. I don't care those that make you feel good. And those that make you feel bad, it's an up and down setup, and it's from evil. You got to let go all plans, all ideas, everything, because those things will keep you in hell. Yes, sir. Um, when you talk about uh, going and forgiving the first time, right, like the, the big one is, changing the letting God change your heart from hate to love right that's what you've always talked about like when you go and forgive God will change your heart from hate to love and I think can I just add something to that when God changed my heart from anger to love I didn't know that this was going to happen I just knew that I was and this was like 33 years ago I knew I was just fed up I could not change myself 
I had gone to these different churches, prayed in tongues, did everything they told me to do. And I remember once going to an all-men's breakfast. And at this breakfast, you're supposed to have a chance to ask the pastor whatever you want to ask him. It was all men, and we can ask whatever we want. So I, everybody was asking the pastor, how did you get your last name? Where did you come from? How, and I'm like, those are dumb questions. That's not going to help me. <laughs> and the room was packed with men, too. And I, I finally raised my hand, and he called on me, and I stood up, and I said to him, you know what? I read the Bible. I do this. I work on the men's committee at the church there, this church I was going to. I've done all these things, but I'm still not free. I don't have peace. Is there, is, am I missing something? What else should I do? And then the, he, the pastor said to me, well, read the Bible some more. I said, but I read the Bible, and it ain't helping. But that's all I can tell you. Just read the word. And everybody applauded. I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> and then so I went home and I asked God I asked God to let me see myself I'm like what's wrong with me I want to see myself because I can change nothing would change and that's when he allowed me to see the resentment he allowed because I didn't know he was going to let me see the resentment in me the anger I had right but when I asked him to let me see it he allowed me to see it and one thing has led to another just one thing has led to another because I didn't know that. Like most people don't know they need to truly forgive. That that's the key to it. Yes. That's a, that's a perfect um, addition to my point. It's like asking God to let you see, right? And then he'll let you see yourself. And then you figured out how by going and forgiving, you know, that's through that process you, you felt that change, right? And you, you say it, you can't have, uh, right? You can't love one without loving all. You can't have hate and love at the same time. If you don't love all, you love... You love none. You can say, oh, I love my mom, I love my dad, I love my cat, my dog. But you don't even love your cat and dog. <laughs> and I think uh, the point I'm making is that once you have that change, right, the battle you fight, the spiritual battle that is fought within, that's the hardest battle, you know, at least from my perspective, that we have to face as people on this, in this world. And once you get right, with the battle, like alignment with the battle inside, when you know when you realize that you see uh, that it's going on with other people all around you, I mean, fighting a battle outside of yourself, right? Like with the boss, slow down, Just do your silent prayer if you need to. Some people have talked about, oh, I go right into it at work sometimes. But when you slow down and you let that light shine on the you know the things that are going on within, I find that the battle's outside of yourself. You can see, right? You talked about God let you see yourself. And once you can see that for yourself and you have those eyes to see, like when you look at an external problem with a person across from you, you know that they're going through the same turmoil you were. You know that they, they, they can't see the external problem like you can at that point. And by slowing down, I definitely think the silent prayer is so valuable in that sense. It allows you to, to understand that these external problems, they're, they're minimal to the, the spiritual battle that we have fought for so long within ourselves. And that, that makes life, you know, you pass through life with only love, it's really a lot simpler. You don't have to get caught in the thoughts as often or as much or at all. And I think it's really powerful that when you have that light, 
you know, the, the problems, at least for me, I can only speak from my own perspective, the problems outside in this world when I'm, you know, the boss or uh, the cousin or the neighbor, right, whoever. It's just like, it really gives, it really gives truth to the whole forgive them they cannot see, right? Yeah. It really makes that clear. It's not just words in the Bible. It's like, it really makes sense. It starts with you, folks. It really, really does. Yes, sir. I would say that we do not, we should not be looking at others as our problem. In that movie, it even said there are no problems, there are just situations. Situation. I if want to add to that, there's not one other person on this planet that is your problem. Really, not one. Your enemy is within. There's no such thing as problems. That's an illusion, too. Really. There's not one other person on this side of I don't care what they try to do to you, they got a problem. And in their ego fallen state, they try to make you their problem. There's not one other person that's your problem. Absolutely. Go ahead. And I learned that that's what you mean by looking within. So yes. when that person, when your boss yells at you or that person cuts you off and you've ought to automatically react that's what you're supposed to be dealing with not that person that cut you off that's deep y'all understand that yeah that's deep if somebody made you angry you're supposed to start looking at you not them because if it wasn't in you they couldn't make you angry if someone caused you to have fear you should look at you not them because if fear wasn't in you they can't bring out something that's not there it's in you. It was there already, and it's not their fault. That makes sense? This is so good, huh? Or is it just me? <laughs> it's amazing. You could, what's so interesting about this is that we are free and don't know it. Except you're enslaved to your imagination, to thoughts. And the thoughts make you blame everybody else but yourself. It won't let you see that. Very good point. Um, did I see another? Yeah, let me take here and then I come back. Is this helping? Oh, okay, let me find out is it helping. Go ahead, Ray. Happy White History Month, Jesse. Well, we can't say it here because I don't want to be political. We have fun saying this is about fellowship. Fine. But thank you. Okay, fine. <laughs> I just want. Uh, we welcome Republican, Democrat, Saint Sinners. And everything. Did you know there are no saints and there are no sinners? <laughs> I, I believe it. They're just people. Yes. Yes. I just want to say that when... But uh, the world teaches us that we're either saint or sinner. And when you think of yourself as a sinner, you judge yourself. Have you ever done that? And when you think of yourself as a saint, you judge yourself as being good. But if you had no idea at all, there would be no judgment. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Okay. I always <laughs> believe that the purpose of, our, uh, of the silent prayer is to check our ego at our Father's door because that, uh, it's our ego that, um, that tempts us to make mountains out of molehills. That's right. It really does. And it's not us, though. It's that thing inside of us. It's not us. Um, where are you going? <laughs> what? Oh, 
How, is this helping, Hop? Yeah. In yes. what way is this conversation helping? Uh, <laughs> just to remember, like last night, um, whatever, I just go through this too, okay? Just because I don't say it doesn't mean I don't go through it, but... Like, Every human being go through it. Yeah. Every human being born into this situation, whether they are not born angry, unless the mother's like really angry while the child in the womb. Uh, but they're not born angry. You become that way because your mother caused you to become angry, and then you become like what you hate. But you're not born with anger. All right? Go ahead. It's interesting because I used to always think my parents, like, cared about me more because they didn't, like, give me screens or anything like that. But they definitely just, like, shut me up with, like, oh, just read the Bible and know, like... The perfect answer and it's yeah. like but that wasn't helping me you know yeah. but it would help them for their ego and just to like oh but my kid has the right answers you know right building the ego yeah that's amazing and so are you watching those things now yes oh good yeah nice that's all you have to do there's nothing else we need to do but watch the devil and and in that movie uh in the during the elevator scene the devil was talking to this guy. And so like he made up his mind that he's just going to watch the devil. And the devil was talking to him. And he like, I can hear you. And the devil like, you can hear me? He like, yeah, I can hear you. And the devil hated that. Because by saying I can hear you, he was separating himself from the devil. He would overcome it. And the last thing the devil wanted for you to hear him See him or hear him. Call it out. When you hear him, like, I hear you talking to me, devil. He doesn't want that because that means you see him. The light is shining on him, and you can overcome it. It's so amazing. Um, yes. And then I want to ask this young lady a question. So what I, 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 I like the movie. I, and to me, it's like... The uh, movie is everything for action, everything. It was a manly movie. Still watching it. It's on DVR. He watched it 10 times. So what it's like, it's, uh, I used to be a Bible thumper, and so I used to kill people with the Bible. And I, <laughs> so, and I thought I knew some things, and I, I was kind of an idiot. And so uh, when I gave that up, then I was... Because I could only see the Bible verse, but... The movie is like the Ten Commandments. The movie, I mean, you see the same principles and laws. Thou shalt not hate, forgive your, 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 your mother, don't have fear. Those things are in that movie, and that's, that's like a live Bible right there, Ten Commandments. So God has given you the present. We live today, and, and you can see examples of that in that movie. So that, that was powerful to me. Nice. It's like, it's like Bible. Some things. Very interesting. One thing about knowledge, I want to warn you. Warn you. Do what you want, of course. Never, never, ever, ever, ever hold on to knowledge. Now, knowledge is all right to hear. You hear about the, the Bible, you read the Bible, but don't hold on to it. And once you get the knowledge of something, you let it go, and then wisdom will stay. And that's what you would start to live by wisdom and understanding. But if you just hold on to the knowledge of it, as Francisco was saying, you just start beating up people with the Bible. You become a Bible thumper. Or you become a Jesse thumper. Or you become some other guru thumper. 
and you don't have it for yourself. It's okay to get the knowledge, but just don't hold on to it. Don't hold on. That makes sense? So let me ask, um, when you considered suicide, did you understand at the time, what did you think about that when it happened? Were you considering it at the time that it happened? Uh, I just was in so much pain that I just didn't want to be in it anymore. So I don't know if I really like thought about it. But then, you know, the more thoughts I had about it, I was like, I could never do that to my family. Like, I just couldn't do it. So I chose to sit in the pain still. And when the devil told you to kill yourself and call you ain't worth nothing, no how, nobody care, did you think that it was you telling you that? Uh, I didn't really, I, I guess, I don't know. I just, I, I just felt so awful, and yeah. I just didn't want to feel awful anymore. I didn't see the point, I guess, of being alive because it was so painful. Nothing was going my way, yeah. and I wanted out, and I didn't see the way out. It's, it's, and the reason I want to, because I wanted to talk about the suicide thing because we did a report on the radio show that suicide rates are going up. People, everybody, their mama, young and old, are killing themselves. And they are killing themselves because they can't handle the pressure of the imagination and the situation around them. They're listening to lies. Everything is expensive, uh, blah, 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 right? And so Sage say to them, you know what? You didn't get an A in that class today or blah, blah, blah. You might as well kill yourself. Nobody care. You ain't worth nothing, no how. And the thoughts sound like your thought, and if you're not aware of what's going on, you take your life. And the devil end up laughing at you. He'd be like, look at this fool. Because you're thinking that that's your voice, you take your own life. You know what I mean by that? That's what's going on. It's not from God, and it's not from you. So I'm glad you didn't take your life. You're glad you didn't do it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Nice. <laughs> Oh, so uh, suicide rates are going up. And I was thinking the other day, if parents had love, real love that come from above, from within the kingdom of heaven, um, children would never have to see, kids would never have to see a psychologist or, or a counselor or anybody because the kids will only have love. And in that, they will only have peace. And, but what happens is because the parents have anger, the father and the mother has anger, they now refer their children to psychiatrists and counselors and these experts. And what, does, what do they do? They get, okay, here's medication, HDHD. So here's a drug for that. And they're just making this situation worse, making $500 an hour off you, and you're getting worse by offering you appeal. Medication cannot help spiritual issues. It cannot, nothing, it just dumb you down so you don't deal with it. And if you ever miss one day from taking the medication, now reality sets in, you want to go and get a gun and shoot up the world. Because Satan is real busy and you can't have anything. Isn't that like amazing? You got to take responsibility for your own life. You got to be willing to stand alone and you'll overcome it, but you got to stay with it. And when things happen in your life that make you mad or make you overreact, don't blame anyone else. It's you. It's in you. And you can overcome it. So I got to ask the biblical question. 
What was the last week? Biblical question. Where does your security come from? Well, James said that's the wrong way of saying it. He said you should say, from where do you get your security? Well, we just went a whole week saying it the other way. I told him the same thing. I said, we went the whole week saying it wrong. I guess he didn't want he to appear there. as a white supremacist. <laughs> so let me ask, from where do you get your security? Uh, let me go here. Thank you. Uh, I thought about this briefly, and that's the only time I thought about it. But it came to, like, uh, the, the validation of other people. Yeah. That's a good one. That's what it was. Isn't that amazing? Such a false security, though, huh? Because they, yeah. val- they validate you today, but if they don't validate you tomorrow, then you wonder what the... Yeah, and it, it made me want hole. to... Uh, it made me want to like embellish and mold what they were validating me on. Yes. Can I give you an example? That's a perfect example. I mean, a perfect validation of other people. You're right about that. Go ahead. Give me an example. So, you know, growing up, I was just horrible in school. So I always thought I was dumb, right? And then people started calling me smart. And then I was like, oh, I'm the smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be extra smart. You know? Yeah. Just a whole bunch of rubbish. A perfect example, yeah. man. A lot of words, that type of stuff. That's deep. Yeah. That's amazing. From where do, in the black and white blouse, from where do you get your security? I was sitting here watching the baby. <laughs> I get my security from God and within myself, you know, and turning to God and doing the silent prayer. Right on. Nice. And prior to that, where did you get your security from? From other people. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's a hard way to live, huh? It is very hard to live. Because as he was saying, when they say you're smart, now you got to work hard to stay smart. And it's a battle every day. Yeah. To stay away from it. Amazing. Turning to the Lord every day. Nice. You've been here before? Never. Oh, welcome. I'm a truck driver. Oh, nice. Travel 48 states and here to visit great-grandchildren, nice. bring them to see Jesse and to see a different way of thinking about the Lord and, and ourselves within. What's your first name? Katie. Katie. Mm-hmm. Nice name. Yeah, Irish. Oh, yeah? My Katie mother- Ryan was my maiden name. How Irish can you get? I know. Huh? Yeah. My mother's name was Katie. Ah. And she did now, but. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm 75 <laughs> years young and still going driving truck. Nice. Yeah. And you look well. Oh, well, thank you. You look I full of life. Hey, I love life. God's good. He's within me. That's right. He's, he's my number one. He's my all. Absolutely. Amen. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And from where do you get your security? You stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have to say the creator for sure. And prior to knowing that, where did you get it from? Um, I mean, where did you get it? Uh, trying to... Do everything correct. Yeah. Like everything, just I always wanted everything to be right. And, That's amazing. Huh? And that was hard. That's a hard way to live. <laughs> yeah, it was very hard. So I was rough on myself. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I found, you know, yeah, like he really showed me that I'm perfect in his eyes and that's all that matters. That's deep. Fear nothing but yeah. him. And if he has my back, then who do I have to fear? Nothing. If God is for you, who can be against him? Exactly. 
Nice. Is this your first time? Here, yes. Oh, nice. What's your first name? Nicole. What? I'm sorry? Nicole. Nicole? Nicole. Oh, Nicole. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Nicole. <laughs> I thought you were Hawaiian or something. Well, welcome. Any questions about anything? No, I'm loving it. Loving listening. Is this conversation helping at all? Absolutely, yeah. Can you give me one small example of how? Um, that we're all in, like, we all have our own, you know, our own battles, and, like, it makes me want to love everyone even more because I'm not the only one. That's like, right. We all have our own battles, and we should all just love each other, and it helps. Different situation, but the battle is the same. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We all hurt the same. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, huh? Yeah. Nice. Is. Well, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you for coming. Thank you. So let me talk to Hake. So, Hake. From where do you get your security? Um, <clears throat> I feel like over time I've had like a something that I w might repeat to myself, some principle that I've learned that I think that will kind of help me. Um, and then also like like a comfortable situation will kind of help me with that. I mean, I know that it's not, I kind of know that it's, that's not real, but yeah. in practice, that's how it works oftentimes with me. And that's where you would get your security from? Yeah. Like I, like I noticed today, this morning, when I was um, getting ready for church, and we were three minutes till, and you were going out there, I'm like, what if I were going up and doing this thing? And I, I suddenly came in, in with this... <laughs> Insecurity. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so, like, I don't, I'm not really sure where it comes from, where, like, my security, if I have security, comes from. Amazing. That's Thank you. <laughs> but where do you get your security? From knowledge. You get your security from knowledge? Used to, from knowledge, yeah. I'm sorry? Not anymore, but it used to be from knowledge. And, and did it help? Give me an example of what you mean. Um, maybe being smarter, thinking you're smarter than other people, or thinking you can figure them out so that you can control the situations. No, that's a good one. That's amazing. And so you let that go? I let that go, yeah. And what is it like to, to let it go? It's peaceful. Yeah, amazing. There's a, lot, a whole lot of hassle with, with thinking about that all the time. Yeah. Uh, were you ever a Bible thumper? No. You've never been a Bible thumper? No. Oh, good. Amazing. Um, where do you get your security? Did you, you knew this was a Bible question for this week? I think I, I called earlier in the week, and I said it, I get it from within. Um, and I started to realize also that you get your security like, between, in, like, within the battle of, of every like, situation. So, like, for example, like if... Like for my for example, my sister, right? My sister always used to get me mad, and um, we had like a long conversation. Usually, I get angry, and she's like in control of my emotions in that way. So we had like a long thread of like just an argument in a sense. But I, I was never angry, you know. And I actually showed the conversations to my friend, and she read it, and she was like, "Oh, I was expecting you to curse her out after each yeah. paragraph, you know." And um, I figured out that. I was I, I was secure within that battle. That's what I mean by that. So like within, but like it, you could also judge it by every situation that you're in. 
and coming out, you know, you see yourself to coming out differently than what you were before. Do you ever experience fear? Fear? Like within yourself? You oh, yeah. It? You just go through it, though. I just go through it. Good. Yeah. yeah, you like you feel it in your chest. You start to, but you just recognize it. You just still do what you got to do uh, within it. That's right. Do y'all understand that there, of yourself you could do nothing? You can't change anything? And don't even try? Because if you try, you're dancing with the devil. Don't even try. Just see it. All you have to do is see it. It sounds simple to see it like, because you want to be in control of everything. You think, well, look like I ought to be doing something. You, you should be watching it. That's all you need to be doing. And it'll resolve itself. The light that allows you to see it within you will resolve it. Really, there's nothing else to do. Isn't that like amazing? Because our ego want to do something. We feel like we need to do something about it. Get high or something. But there's nothing you can do and nothing you can do. You literally have to just let life happen. Whatever that may be, just let it happen. Let it happen. And you, it'll be amazing. Let me take here first and then I'll come. Yes. From where do you get your security? In did no, you raise your hand for that question? I did, yeah. Oh, but okay. I, I like when you preface it. Oh, okay. Um, in knowing that there is no security. That's a very good point. There's, There's none. The whole thing's an illusion, and whatever you're using as your security yeah. is what's keeping you actually from the freedom or the Holy Spirit, which is like the comforter or whatever. But the... Whatever you're using as a security is protecting, like you just said with this movie, it's protecting the thoughts and the ego and everything yep. still. Whether you're getting mad or you're getting glad or you're getting sad or you're getting lonely or you're getting food or you're getting drugs or you're getting friendships or you're getting babies, getting married, making a bunch of babies, whatever is in your way. If you're using it for security. Really, you you keep yourself in hell. You can't let anything get in the way of that. You just have to let it be. Very good point. And you think about it in a sense of like physical security, where it's like, even with the if poem, the people who love you and hate you, you think about like John Lennon, a fan of his killed him in front of his hotel room. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it's all fake, it's all illusion. And it makes me think of Jesus in the garden when he was like, are you, is this what, is this your will? Like tomorrow, this is what has to happen. Yeah. Even him looking for security, it just has to, it just is what it is. It just, and that, I think that's the Holy Spirit. The comforter assures you that it just is. Yeah. And you just are. Amazing. Yeah. Nice. This is so much fun when you get it. It's hell going through it. <laughs> it ain't fun going through it. And the only reason it's so hard for us to go on through it, because we don't know that of ourselves we can do nothing. We still think that there's something we can do. And that's why we don't just let go and let it be. But if you just let go and don't defend it, you'll get over it just like that. But we're so stuck in this false identity, it's hard to let it go. And we want to blame everybody else for the way we feel. Nobody is to blame. You are to blame. Nobody else. 
why did you, uh, husbands ask their wives, why are you so angry? And the wife would say, well, you made me angry. You ever heard that before? But how did I make you angry? You all, I didn't make you angry. Something else inside of you made you angry. I if it wasn't there, you can't make them angry. It's nobody, stop blaming. You're not a victim. And your, real, your friends are your enemy, but your real enemy is within you. Did you know that your friends are your enemies? But the real enemy is within you. That's the enemy you keep close to you. Your friend may run off somewhere, but your, your real enemy, you keep that one real close to you. Have you noticed how you keep that enemy very, very close? You identify with that enemy. You love that enemy. You love your misery. You love your doubts and your worries and your fears and your insecurities. You keep that enemy close. But your other friends outside, they run away. But your real enemy is the one that's the closer to you. Your thoughts are your enemy. Let me take this first. I saw your hand, and then here and here. Just to touch back on fear, right? So, and you always speak about experts, like beware, like um, people with knowledge. Yeah. So, uh, Tuesday. Experts are so dumb. <laughs> it's not even funny. Yeah. But I understand it. It's all intellectual. They literally cannot help it. Right. And um, Tuesday, so I left Philly. Um, I just moved out here. So Tuesday, oh, I, I drove all the way to California. But prior to that, I got my car checked by a couple of guys at, at the shop. And they were saying, oh, your car is so messed up. Like, I don't know how you're going to get to California. Like, you're not going to make it. Good luck. So they, got, they did my old chain and everything else. And um, as I'm driving, I'm, like, getting scared. But, like, it's just, it's just so funny how people put, like, their fears on you. Yes. You have to just, like, fight through it. Yes. Like I said, despite whatever they're saying, like, they don't know. I don't know. That is gonna... another good point. Can I add to that? Yeah. When his car, he stopped and it, these people telling him, oh, you're not going to make it to California. Is something going to happen to the car? You better get this done. And so in fear, he got it done. And even if he got the work done driving down the road, the devil still reminding you what they said. And when you hold on to what they said, then you feel the fear that the car is not going to make it because of somebody else's idea, fear that they put in you. Absolutely, man. Yeah, and as I was driving... Um like, I would put the AC on, and then next thing you know, I'm pushing the gas pedal. But as I'm pressing the gas pedal, the, it's not accelerating. And yeah. now I'm getting even more scared. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, I'm in Oklahoma. I don't know <laughs> how I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. But um, I just kept pushing through. I kept, like, just, just being in it. And I just knew, like, my, it's, this car is still moving. I'm going to get into the right lane. I'm, I'm, I know I'm going slow. Everybody's passing me. I'm not even worried about that. You know, trucks trucks are passing me too, like, and they're like going like forty five miles per hour. But um, so you have been doing ten? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I wasn't doing ten. That's right. crazy. But um, but um, yeah, just in general, just like just you have to just go through fear. You got to go through it. Yeah, you gotta face it. You have to let the fear be there and face it and keep going. Face it and keep going, cause the fear is not your own. It's it's the thoughts which is of the devil, of the spirit, and it's not of you. That makes sense? You got to face it. You got to stop running from it. You got to stop running from it. Very good point. Let me take here and then here. And I think I saw your hand. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. From where do you get your security? Um, I'm not really sure exactly where it comes from. I just know it when I see it. 
What, what, give me an example of your security. For me, I, I am constantly having eyes on myself. So when I see a situation by getting out of my own way, by just seeing whether it's something that's a thought in my own head or something that's taking me out of uh, the moment, distracting me, yeah. I can catch that and see it. And when I do, um, just seeing it and, and recognizing it for what it is, is enough for me. Right on. So just watch it. Do like that guy did in the elevator. I can hear you. They're like, "What? I can hear you. Yeah. I can see you. Absolutely. Nice. Amazing. Have you ever considered suicide? No. It never crossed your mind. I was out there setting some things up, and when I heard um, you say it, I was telling Holly before. I they never did because I think I was I had strong parents. I had a strong father in the home who was able to keep me on decent path, yeah. keep me normal, as normal as possible. So I never did. It's interesting is when you're going through the ego pain, and if you don't understand, the devil can tell you, you know what, you might as well take your life. Kill yourself. You're like, oh, okay. In that darkness, even that sounds better than the darkness you're going through, the pain you're going through. It seemed like that would help, but it won't. It's not from God and it's not from you. Yes, ma'am. Um, <clears throat> I really enjoy the biblical questions because even though all thoughts are all lies all the time, the biblical questions get the thought juices going. And that's what I want. <clears throat> and I um, want if you ever start thinking for yourself, questioning things, you'll be on your way. But most people don't question. They just go right along with the okadoke. And that's what I want. I want each individual, well, do what you want, but my desire for you is that you become an individual. Start, you know, it's too bad, too, that we have to, I have to say it all the time. You need to be an individual because when I was growing up, that's what all I heard and that's what I saw. You know, be yourself, be an individual, do not join the crowd. So I kind of already knew that, and I've never been a part, I never joined a crowd. I never made anyone my guru, or I never, I just, because even in the fallen state, I was taught not to be that way. But in, our, in, in society today, we don't have individuals. It's hard to find a person that stands on their own. That doesn't mean you don't hang out with folks, you don't get along with people, but you got to get on your own path. It, it's, it's evil to not stand alone. It's the crowd, the ones that take the wide road that is leading to destruction. It's leading to destruction. That narrow road is where you want to be. I used to travel a lot when I first started this whole thing. And I would have to leave my car at the airport somewhere. And I noticed that when you first pull into the parking lot, everybody gather around the closest door, you know, trying to get right there. It looked like the whole parking lot is just no car space is left, right? But I noticed that if you drive a little bit further down, it's just all light, all empty spaces. But everybody tend to like pull it. I don't know what that is. You scared to even look down the pathway for it. You see one little place, and then you're not supposed to be, you're supposed to be an individual. That's what made America great. There was individuality that worked together for a common good. Like when, we, like when we all with the devil, we all worked together for evil. But when we were with God, 
we stand alone, but we're still coming together for good. Like this fellowship, right? Uh, it's for to edify one another and to correct and to point the way. But you got to be willing to stand alone. Don't be afraid to be alone. When you're with the crowd, you're alone anyway, but your ego got have you thinking you not alone, but you're all alone. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Um, that was kind of natural for me to, like, just to be an individual. I don't think I was necessarily taught that, maybe being an only child. But yes. even today, yes. like, I like to take the path less traveled when I'm out hiking or something like that. I like to be alone. Nice. But um, the biblical question, I thought about that one. In where do you, from where do you get your security? So my initial answer, and this kind of happens to me, like, during the when every week during the biblical question, I have an initial answer. And then when I think about it throughout the week, it changes. So my initial answer was going to be, I get my security from God. But then I thought about, well, what is security? And for me, my idea of security is like an assurance of safety and protection. And um, I thought about before I returned to the father, I thought a lot about security. I felt real insecure, and I would think like, oh, because I'm an only child, and it was just me and my mom, and I would think, oh, if I just had a big family, I would have security, or because I live in the hood, I (sighs) thought, oh, if money just fell out the sky into my purse, I could move out the hood in, in a nice neighborhood, and I would have security, but then thinking about it now, that's all false. All all security is false, because... Um, so my answer now is like, I don't get my security from anywhere because I don't have security. Nice. I have peace. Nice. And I don't even, I'm not even concerned about security. That's not, that, that was before I returned to the Father. Now I just have peace in, in the moment and know that God is going to, whatever happens, happens. Yes. And it's, I just, be, just remain in the present, remain aware. Amazing. I used to get my security from... Like, I mean, when I first started Barn, it was a mess. Because I didn't understand the thoughts then, right? And I remember when I first, I mentioned this story when I first started Barn, and I would hold these meetings, and a bunch of folks would show up. And I had just started it, too, and uh, the devil would tell me, oh, you sound awful. After the meeting was over, that didn't make any sense. And nobody understood what you were talking about. Blah, 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 right? I'm like, oh, God, because I believe that. And I would, I would feel so hurt or whatever that I imagined, my, I imagined a hole in the ground, and I had pulled the, the grass back real nice, and I imagined going into that hole and pulling the, cover, the ground over me. I had an image of that. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But I really had an image of that. I'm like, I ain't going back. I'm done. I'm not going back. Communicate with the devil. But because I had the love in my heart, I couldn't help but go back. I had to face it anyway, right? And Sundays would come just like that. But I really had an image of going into the ground and covering myself. Isn't that crazy? And the hole was so nice and neat. I had it really neat. <laughs> it wasn't like a dirty hole, but it was in the ground. Uh, and, but I went back anyway because the love that he gave me you know, he had me doing what I'm doing, but he changed my heart so I could have the power to keep going. And that's what love would do. Love would not let you turn around. Once you get the love, 
by overcoming the anger, you cannot turn around. No turnaround. There's nothing to go back to. And you will see that there's nothing to go back to. But where I used to, when those moments would come, where I got my security from, I would go to the store and I would get peanut butter cookies and peanuts, strawberry pop, and a gallon of ice cream. And I would go home and put it all together. And, and you get that bittersweet taste together, all my troubles left. <laughs> all my problems disappeared. That's where I would get my security. And I became fat as a pea after a while. And you don't know you're getting fat until you're fat, right? And then I realized, uh-uh, I can't do that. But that, my security used to come from that. That's amazing, huh? Okay, I'm running out of time. I think I saw Frankie, and then I saw you, and then I got to end it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Just about the um, suicide. When I was a teenager, I, atten- I did actually attempt suicide, and I took some pills, and I thought about it. Oh, well, we, what I was going to say is I had a pretty rough childhood, and so I started counseling like when I was in middle school and stuff like that. Wow. And then when I got older... <sighs> I think that they did like put me on medication and like you said it does make it worse because yeah. it's is it doesn't just, medicine can't fix a spiritual issue yeah. at all. And so um I attempted I took some pills and I went and got in the bathtub and I just slumped down and something was like do you really do you really want to do this? Do you really want to do this? And um I ended up calling the ambulance to come get me but you call it yourself? Yes, and Whoa. back then, there was no cell phones. I had to, I, I was so sleepy, too, because I took, like, <laughs> sleeping pills, and I took all these pills, and um, I had to walk to the phone booth. That was when their phone booths <laughs> used to exist, <laughs> and I had to walk to the phone booth, and they came and got me, and I didn't really remember anything after that, but, um, yeah, it does make it worse. Spiritual issues cannot be fixed with doctors, medication, or anything. It's, it's definitely within. Yeah, before I woke up, I remember doing that, taking pills through. I broke up with this girl. When she broke up with me, and I wasn't ready to break up, and it felt like I had lost my life. And have you noticed when you break up with someone, it feels like life is just over, like you lose your God. And so I was so out of it, so in pain. So he said, you know what, you might as well kill yourself. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to take some pills. And I took pills, a bunch of them. But it didn't kill me, it just made me sick. And they took me to the hospital and had to pump my they stomach. They pumped your stomach, yeah. Yeah, they had to pump my Isn't that something? I'm so glad I didn't die. <laughs> what the? Me too. <laughs> what a mess, huh? Thank God. Thank God. Um, oh, I want to tell Kate something real fast. Katie. <clears throat> and then I need short sound bites because I got to end. Katie, what is it like being a great-grandmother? It's great. <laughs> How many great-grandkids you have? About four. Really? Mm, two. Not- it's the little one, and then Malia right here is a great. And this is my great-nephew from Spokane, Washington. Nice. And he listens to you up there. Amazing. And he drove with me for 25 days in the truck, and we listen to you every day. Right on. That's cool. The real blessing. Because I just... I now am down to great-grandfather, two kids, two great. Oh. My granddaughter just had another, I think, a little boy. 
And so I had two great grandchildren. Can you imagine that? And when they showed me, the, they sent me the picture. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I, and then when I talked to my son, my son, I'm like, wow, it's weird that I'm a father. Do you ever feel weird being a father, a mother? It doesn't fit, huh? Right. <laughs> it doesn't fit. I thought when you're a parent, something else is going to happen. It like fit, but it doesn't fit. When I hear my son calling me dad or pop or whatever you call I'm like, I'm not your daddy, boy. <laughs> when my grandkids call me grandpa and stuff like that, it just doesn't fit. I thought it fit it. But anyway, short and then short and then we got her in it. Yes. <laughs> Um, to the biblical question, uh, where... Uh, uh, from where do you get your security? I didn't want to say it wrong, but uh, I'll keep it short. Hassan and Michelle said it really well. Um, I used to get my security from control, right? I'd have false identities, and I'd use fear, without knowing it, to make people not cross me. Oh, and okay. now I get it from um, acceptance. I just, whatever, you know, whatever will be, will be. Nice. Sarah, like I can't do nothing about it anyway, so I'm just going to sit with it. Let it go. Amazing. Short but sweet. And then we got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yes. So last week. You raised uh, your hand, right? I did. Okay, go ahead. Last week I got it from uh, where my mind was at. It was crazy. Um, which made me crazy. Uh, so that's where I got it from because uh, it changed. And the, the last thing. Uh, my mind was telling me what kind of foods to eat, like in the movie, just going back, for, just uh, changing what I like to drink. And I could see it like, hey, why don't you try, go ahead and eat a hamburger or, you know, with fries, extra fries and ketchup. Yep. And so that's a, kind of a hidden thing that I would never look at. But yeah. Real short and sweet. Oh, hold on. Okay. And then. This is, this is totally off, to- off topic. Um, do you believe that God shows us signs or it's just coincidence, coincidences that occur? For sure. Yeah. I was talking to a friend about this yesterday. Along the way, God is trying to warn us. He really does. And we don't recognize it at the time, but he does give us little clues about we're going the wrong way or watch out for this or that. You know, but being in that fallen state, you don't pay a lot of attention to it. But yes, he does try to warn us. He's not going to force us, but he try to warn us. He love us. So even in the fallen state, he give us warning. Absolutely. Yes, short and sweet. I was just curious. So did you mix the soda pop with the ice cream and the cookies together? I put it in the bowl. And I would tell myself, oh, going to the store, I'm going to get a little small ice cream. I'm lying to myself, going to the store. And I would get in there and I would get the biggest one. And the ice cream would have uh, pecan or nutty walnut. Uh, it would already have nuts in it, right? But I'd buy more and put it in there with it. And you put strawberry pop so you get that bittersweet taste. It's so don't, don't knock it. I remember I, I, I make these hot dogs sometimes. I put peanut butter on, the, on light bread, brown bread. And then I, I boil a hot dog and put it on there. And fold it with one. Th- oh, 
It made you want to slap your mama. I had a friend of mine tell me, oh, that sounds gross. And so he went home at some point, and he had his housekeeper make him a sandwich like that because he's white. He has a housekeeper. I had to make my own. <laughs> so he had his housekeeper to make him a, a, a peanut butter hot dog sandwich. And he ate it. It was so good. He had to make it. He loved it. You should give that a try. I think you'll like that. I should patent that and sell it. It's so good. But anyway. I, I just wanted to clarify. I might do that tonight and finish Revolver. Yeah, you get that bittersweet taste. That's why I like missing my food all up together. Whenever I get food, I miss it all. I don't care what it is. It could be Mexican food. I put the beans, the rice, the chicken, enchilada, everything together. That's how you do it? I put it all together. And it's so good. Did you ever um, have Coca-Cola with just peanuts in it? Yes. That's like a southern thing, apparently. Yeah. I, I even put, I, I used to buy a bottle of strawberry pop and put peanuts in there, too. Because you get that salt to sweet taste. It must be a southern thing. Y'all don't know how to eat. <laughs> so anyway, real fast, where do you get yours from? Where do you get your security? I get my security from love. From love? From love Beforehand, yeah. where did you get it from? Other people. Yeah. yeah. Women Amazing. in particular. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. So I hope this helped a little bit. And you work on you. Don't give up on you. No matter what happened, no matter who turned away from if the whole world turned, you stay with you, wish everybody well. Don't hold on to anything. Because once you come into the light, you don't need security from anything or anyone else. Houses, money, people, places, or things. You will no longer need security. But you got to let yourself go through it. All right? Stay with the silent prayer and watch those thoughts. There's nothing you need to do other than that, and there's nothing you can do. Let life happen. You can't control anything. You can't control yourself, and you can't control others. So let it happen, all right? Just relax and let it happen. Don't put up a wall. And come out of the wall of your imagination by letting the light in. You let the light in by watching the imagination. The light will fight your battle for you. It's a spiritual battle. A warfare between good and evil, right versus wrong. So go and forgive. God will forgive you, and he'll take over. All right? Uh, oh, my next week biblical question. Are you a slave to thoughts? Are you a slave to thoughts? That's the next week biblical question, all right? Thank you all for tuning in. The announcements are Women's. number What? No, what? Women's Forum. Women's Forum, they come in Thursday. Yeah, this is the third Thursday. Every third Thursday for ladies only at 7 p.m. First Thursday for men, Sunday for everybody. So this Thursday night at 7 p.m. for ladies only. And also I have a friend. She's uh, looking for a car. She needs to buy a used car. And if you have one or know of someone who has one, because you need to drive it to work and back, so make sure it works. You don't want a lady to get stuck on the road. So if you do know of one, um, 
send it to producer at jessaleepeterson.com and we'll pass it on to her. Your information, producer at jessaleepeterson.com, all right? If you need counseling and all that, go on the site there or call 800-411-BOND. Stay on the path, folks. Do not give up, all right? God bless you and thank you for tuning in and thank you for your support. Thank you all. That was amazing. 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 I just want